House of Run podcast. What are you into these days? Mostly running, Howard. Running. Yeah. Look at Bill! Look at Bill! Coming on! Bill, you're coming on! I'm not thinking about making the team. I'm thinking about gold in Munich. What can I say? I got beat by a zebra. Starts now. Welcome back, everyone. This is the House of Run podcast. I am Kevin Sully, joined by Jason Halpin. House of Run at gmail.com is our email address. Please write in questions, comments, thoughts on anything pertaining to the world in running. We got a diverse group of emails today. Jason, some ultra running stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's pretty cool. We got I'm stuff. I'm going to learn something. So that's <laughs> so, well, you're going to give your opinion on something. Oh, okay. We also have high school cross-country scoring. That debate is going to continue. Street meets, super teams, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm excited to get to that. We got a whole bunch of them in there. Uh, but first, we're going to do a little recap and a little bit of a preview on some of these final Diamond League meets of 2022. We are still talking about the 2022 track season. Only three Diamond League week meets to go, guys. That's it's, no way. Two? I don't know. Two. Um, two. Two. Yep. We got Brussels, and we got the Diamond League final. Zurich. Zurich. That's it. That's it. So, almost there. Listen, Lausanne, I had high hopes for. It didn't really materialize. The weather didn't help me, which yeah. which was a bummer. So, I'm okay with more, more Diamond Leagues because we haven't hit the climax of the season. I guess... You know, you got Lyles running 1956, which is cool. Race against Norman. You got Jakob winning. But the women's 100 was really what I was looking for in Lausanne. And it was one of those that never got off the ground. Yeah, no, I agree. It was, yeah, it was a, on paper, this meet was insanely loaded. Um, and then it was a good meet that just didn't quite uh, quite go nuts. Yeah, I mean, yeah, women's 100, you know, close race. Um Leah Hobbs, you know, nice beating Jackson and Tulu. Like that's a nice yeah. thing to put on your resume. Um, but you know, 1087, 1088, 1089, totally fine. That's just, but you know, in the, in the, the weather, era not great. Shelley and Fraser price, you just can't, you, you can't be throwing 10 eights out there. Well, you had Fraser price scratch and warm up. Yep. Then you had Elaine Thompson, hurrah, false start. I didn't anticipate Thompson hurrah was going to contend for the win. Yeah. But it just takes another name out of the mix but Fraser Price not being there totally changed it. No idea how fast she would run. You know, Lyles ran a quick time. I think it's 10-6. Yeah. I'm going to pull a time out of a hat and just say, I don't know, 10-6 perhaps? Yeah. Maybe. Just, just, just throwing it out there. Well, other than the fact she ran 10-6 all season, yeah. there wasn't really any reason to think she'd run 10-6 here because Lyles' 19-5 was fast, but everything else was kind of eh time-wise. But – I wouldn't argue against the rule of 10-6. And the rule of 10-6 for Shelly and Fraser Price is a very complicated rule. It goes as follows. Get out a pen and paper. Shelly and Fraser Price is going to run 10-6 in 2022. And then pick, pick a fourth digit if you want. That's yeah, fine. That's but it's going to start 10.6. Yeah, that's it. So she wasn't there. A lot, uh, Hobbs takes advantage, which is great. It was weird. Did Sharika Jackson, she didn't even like lean at the line. It was a very strange race. Yeah, it was. All around, but... You know, Hobbs gets the win, so that's 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 a great win for her. But we really wanted to see Fraser Price. We really want to see Fraser Price moving forward. So to me, the most impressive, I think, run for the win. I mean, I guess you have Broadbell of Jamaica getting another win 
over Holloway and going 1299. That was impressive. Yeah. And then, and then you have Lyles just churning out another 19.5. I think those two were the most impressive for me. Yeah, Ingebrigtsen was pretty impressive in a deep, good field, too. Yeah. Um, just tie bar for him. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's kind of, and, and I guess for. For Lyles too, but you're right. They, I mean, the the star showed up mainly. I mean, like Fraser Price didn't literally show up, but like the the ones who ran seemed to uh, go through. You know, Lyles, yeah, like I said, looked great. Um, you know, Norman runs 19.7, really good. Don't know what happened to Knighton and Van Blay in that race. Uh, finished way back, but uh, yeah, Lyles, he's just in that zone. You know, I think I said he'd run 19.4, but still 19.5. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. Um, Broadbell, <clears throat> a little more surprising. I mean, just. It was weird because he started pretty well. Mm-hmm. Holloway passes him on like whatever hurdle four. Yeah. And it was like, okay, this race is going to be over. And then like two hurdles later, Broadbell passes him back <laughs> and like wins easily. And it was like, what, wait, what just happened? Classic lead change in the high hurdles. Yeah. Like ex- it was, I don't know if there was strategy going on here or what. Um, there was a lot of yeah. tactical things happening. Uh, but 1299, I mean, that's, that's pretty big. Yeah, and, uh, you know, you beat Cunningham, Holloway, Parchment. I mean, that's that's most of the the big guys right there. Yeah, no, that's that's all of them from where I sit. And you, you, well, one of them just got cut from the Eagles, but outside of him, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, would Broadbell make the Eagles? Right, so Coming up probably. after the break. <laughs> I listen. He he's proven himself now. You got the time that everybody wants, which is sub thirteen in that race, yep. and then you have the two wins over Holloway now. That's good enough. You beat him earlier in the Continental Tour, and then you have the – he won Commonwealth too, which is a meet that happened. And it's, it was a championship meet. Yeah, yeah absolutely. No, it's, it's showing up in a real thing. Um, like I said, yeah, beating – you know, Cunningham's – like I said, was one of the most consistent hurdlers this year. He finishes second again, beats yeah. Holloway. Like, yeah, this is – this event's getting really – is getting deeper and better. Yeah. Um, so – I mean, if you're going into next year with Broadbell, Cunningham, Holloway, Hansel, Devin Allen, mm-hmm. question mark, you know, like that, that's, that's a pretty good top five yeah. right there. Um, so, yeah, I, I think this this has, and then, you know, Roberts too was, comes and goes a little bit, mm-hmm. but like dudes run 12-9 before. Um, so, yeah, a lot, a lot of talent there. Does Holloway have a last two hurdles problem? I I'll, think that's I'll hang up and listen. The only thing to to surmise from this is, yeah, he's he's. I mean, that it was weird though, right? Because it didn't look like he hit a hurdle or something. And obviously, yeah. there's so many things that go into hurdles, and if you lose, maybe your timing just the tiniest bit. Obviously, it's going to cost you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it it just kind of looked like where I was like, wait, what's happening? Like, why? Well, this shouldn't happen. This doesn't happen in the hurdles normally, where people just go back and forth with each other. He's lost a lot this year. For relatively yes. speaking, for it hasn't been a really that uh, for his standards, which is a very high standard. It, I mean, this has been a pretty weak year for him. And hey, he won a freaking gold medal, so yeah, that's all that matters. Um, but you know, I, and I'm a big Holloway fan. You're as big a Holloway fan as there is. And you know, you, you you've thrown around world record the last couple of years, and obviously he got close last year. Yeah, he was a hundredth off. <laughs> yeah, but since then. He hasn't had like a great performance. Mm. Well, indoors he did. You talking higher? Yeah, yeah. fine. Yeah, it's okay, fine. But no, you're yeah. right. He had a one twelve ninety nine this year in Monaco, and he's got three losses on the year. You're like, okay, well, it's only three losses, but he he ran For him. That's a, has, yeah. Well, he's not running that much. He ran an LSU invite. Okay, that's not 
a deep meet. He ran in New York, lost to Devin Allen, ran USA's, didn't run the final, so that doesn't really count, then ran Worlds and won, then ran in Hungary, lost to Broadbell, won in Monaco, and then won in, or sorry, and then got third in Lausanne. So I'm going to count those three post-war championships as, those all count, those are legit. I'm going to count Worlds as legit, and then I don't count USA's because he didn't run the final. And yeah. then I'm going to count the New York meet as legit. So there's five legit competitions. He won two of them and lost three. Yeah. Again, yeah, he won the one that we care about. Which exactly. Is, and so it's like, it's, it's, it's ridiculous to say like disappointing season because he has the gold medal and that's literally all that <clears throat> matters and we'll all end up that. But, you know, you just look at, you know, the five meets you say it matter. 1306. Okay. Fine. 1303. Good. 1312. 1299. Good. 1311 and like you mentioned three losses like yeah. those are that's just kind of at, at that point you're obviously still in the running for best in the world especially when you win the world championships sure but he's not he, he's not he's not separated himself like i don't know how you go into next year just going well holloway's the the favorite like maybe he is but he's certainly not even a even money favorite well i think he's a like favorite. you give me him or the field i'll take the field all day oh i would take the f- yeah you'd go with the field just because there's enough people out there but he still has to be considered the number one ranked hurdler don't you think yeah yeah no absolutely but i just mean like before it seemed like it was like well he's you know he's minus odds basically where you'd have to lay money to win anything on him because he's he's better than everybody else you know he was yeah. in the lyles you know norman kind of camp um and I just don't, you know, it doesn't seem like he's there right now. Well, these guys bounce back and forth sometimes. And it's part of it's our fault and how we talk about them. They go from it's just him versus the clock or just her versus the clock to then, oh, wow, they got a real fight on their hands. And that happens. And that's what happened now for him. And again, we could bounce back, though, next year. Would it surprise you if he went undefeated next year and broke the world record? That wouldn't surprise me at all. World record might a little bit, but yeah, going undefeated. I mean, last year... He's only got a PR by two 100s, though. Yeah, but that's also a supreme outlier. He hasn't gotten close to that time ever. That's the name of my fantasy football team. Supreme Supreme outliers. outliers. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, so Devin Allen could also set the world record. I mean, that's possible. Sure. He could. But this isn't a guy... Like, again, I go back. I remember watching Merritt rip off 12 nines like they were nothing over uh-huh. and over and over and over and Holloway hasn't had one season that's even in the ballpark just not close and that's not to say Holloway's not amazing because he is mm-hmm. Aries Merritt ran the best season I've ever seen and it, ever you know, this better than Fraser Price I mean for that event yeah, oh, I mean okay. hurdle, high hurdle men's I, high hurdle season I, I, yeah. I think he, he it's probably in the conversation with that absolutely though um you know he set the world record and also I don't know he broke it he broke that time so many times that year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, and it's, like I said, it's, a, it's an impossible standard almost I'm holding him to, so I, I, it, it seems ridiculous. But last year, he went undefeated until the Olympics, the Olympic final. He didn't lose a single race until the Olympic final last year. So I guess if you asked him, hey, would you rather do 2021, yeah. where you rip off wins over and over, you run 1281, but you get silver... Or you kind of have an up and down season a little bit. You win some, you lose some, but you get the gold medal. I think he's going to take the gold medal. One hundred percent. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I I just think it's it was just he didn't just get beat by one guy in that field. He got third, and then wasn't parchment right on his tail too. And he lost to a guy. This is an interesting stat. We looked this up on the Flow Track podcast. 
that him and Cunningham have been racing each other since high school. And that was the first time Cunningham's beat him in either the 60 or 110 hurdles since when they were in high school, like New Balance Nationals in like 2016. Because <laughs> you know, Florida versus Florida State in college, they ran against each other uh, quite a few times as well too. So he lost to Cunningham for the first time in you know, six years. It's just, it's, just, it's just interesting to me. Again, you're absolutely right about which season would he rather have, and ultimately it doesn't matter. But – there's these guys who are stacking up, and to Holloway's credit, you got to run fast to beat beat him. And it's just these guys that are stacking up like legit times next to him. Because now you have another sub thirteen guy. You have Allen who almost matched his PR, Holloway's PR. We ran the twelve eighty four, and then you have Cunningham now gaining strength. So this is going to be a fun event next year. Maybe it'll be like the women's high hurdles next year, where there's yeah, not one right. clear favorite and a bunch of uh, people all around the same time with the possibility of having a historically fast uh, performance out there. Yeah, I know. Sign me up for that, please. That sounds, that sounds great. I didn't think we'd talk about that race that much, but no, it's, it kind of spun off into a different conversation, but that's here okay. we go. Here we go. It's, yeah. Well, yeah. when I answer, when I ask the question, does he have a hurdle nine and hurdle 10 problem? It demands a serious answer. And you provided me with that. The Side other note, Aries merit ran 12, nine, six times and then ran t- and ran twelve eighty. Yeah, in that same year, it's a great season. I'd great say that's season. that's pretty close to a Shelley and Fraser Price year right there. That feels feels about right. That's tough. I need to measure it against the Fraser Price scale. So yeah, it's 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 closeish, you know. So at least it's in the ballpark. Women's three thousand was exciting. Alicia Monson almost won it. Nia and Saba. I think if she leans, she does. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I don't know if she just didn't like see her coming or or what. I mean, still impressive regardless. It's but. hard sometimes. You're just so focused in it too, and it's a distance race. You just run through the line, run through the line. You're not necessarily yeah. maybe thinking lean. I mean, Nia and Saba just stayed so low profile the entire way, <laughs> and then she went for it and got it. But Monson still beats Beatrice Chabet, Hassan, oh, uh, yeah. Kemboy, this... Cranny, Muir. I mean, she beat a it's whole a bunch. Huge of... race for her. Regard- yeah, no matter how that last little bit went, she's got to be riding really high. Um, and yeah, she was in control of the whole race. Like you mentioned, Nian Saba was, you know, whatever, in fourth or fifth mm-hmm. around that final turn. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't think she had time to catch her when I was watching it. It just seemed like she was running out of t- uh, running out of space, but just barely gets it. Um, but yeah, that was that was a really fun one. Well, I think too, you have the situation like Nian Saba coming back. Right, she got hurt right before Worlds. Hasn't run in a couple months. Maybe she was being – she likes to kick. She likes to wait to the last moment anyway. Yeah. It seemed as if she was keying off the other women and not necessarily Monson. And then at the last minute, she's like, oh, okay. Let me go and get this. I mean, might as well try this, yeah. And and just just pulled it off in the most exciting way you could possibly imagine. That was a fun one. That was – I thought it was just going to become a Nian Saba versus Hassan race. So I was surprised to see it come down. Um, to the wire like that with Monson having a shot uh, to, to get the win. So, um, anything else? Femke Bowl won. I just. Yeah, when she, you know, obviously, if there's not certain people in that race, uh, I mean, Muhammad was, you know, finished last. So, it's yeah. not really. It didn't, didn't really turn into the, the potential it had there. Um, she went out hard. Muhammad was almost rabbiting the race through 300 yeah. and then just fell off. She. She ran in Luzerne and bounced back and you know ran like a 54. But it's just – Bull is just like a second faster than everybody else 
other than Sydney, and then a second behind Sydney. It's just a tough spot to be in. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, maybe a healthy Muhammad can you know can get make that an amazing race, but yeah, without that, it's definitely not the same. Um, Camacho Quinn beat uh, Musan, so mm-hmm. gets a little you know revenge there. You got you got your win against Gordon, right? Yeah, yeah. I was worried because the times were slow because the weather was chilly. We bet thirty seven dollars that nobody would run faster than twelve thirty seven. So Camacho Quinn got it done for me by a couple hundreds. So I, I win the $37 from Gordon. I thought they were going to go slower. But then afterwards, it's like, well, actually, I was right because Amusan ran slower. And I said, you didn't bet me, Amusan. Yeah. Otherwise, I may not have taken the bet. You said the field. He's like, I know, but what you really meant was Amusan. I was like, no, I really meant the field, which is why I bet the field. So basically, I understand why you have a job, Jason, and why <laughs> – Sportsbooks don't go out of business. Can lose his money and still be convinced he was right, so he'll right. be back for more. Exactly. He'll be the first one in line tomorrow. I am – I didn't bet throughout Worlds, as you know. Yeah. You did, you did some betting. Gordon obviously bet a lot of money. And um, I just was very specific about certain bets. Like I made up my own bets basically and bet them as like one side because I was so confident. For example – Kip Yagon. He thought Kip Yagon had a chance of getting upset. I forgot even what the bet was. Miller Weibo. If I lost, I had to run an all-out 400 down the streets of Eugene. I felt so – I, but I had no intention of actually running 400 because I knew she wasn't going to lose. And then this – like I picked my spots. Um, yeah, it's like I did that like 16 parlay with all those – with the, just the, the favorites where I'm like, there's no chance these people lose. Like I just couldn't see it. Yeah. And they, of course, they all won. Like yeah. that was – you know, but – Obviously, there are those times where uh, you'll get burned by that. But, uh, yeah, I felt felt pretty good about that in the moment. See, I do a one-team parlay, but I'm betting. So <laughs> well, parlays are sucker bets generally. So it's I, it worked out that time, but I, I wouldn't make a habit of it. I'm just basically betting not actual money, but embarrassing or annoying things I have to do. But I only do it when I'm very confident about it. And the 12:37 was another time when I thought, you know what? This Now he keeps trying to get me to do double or nothing. I said, no, give me my $37. I got three kids. <laughs> Please give me my money. I don't want. I don't want to bet again with some stupid odds that you've come up with. Um, there were a couple other meets: uh, Luzerne Continental Tour was Tuesday. Weather there was bad too. Yeah, rain, headwind. Bracy winds twelve seventeen to twelve eighteen over Omanyala. Very night. Right? Sorry, ten seventeen. Uh, Omanyala. Not that been, windy. There was wind the other direction. Uh, <laughs> Knighton was in the B100 and ran 1026. Um, Nagoose won the men's 1500. Broadbell. Wait, did I have. Did we talk about Broadbell winning both of these races? Uh, we he, did not mention this one. From the okay. Beginning, so, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, he won again. 1336. Good run for him. Um,. Women's side of things, the big story was Richardson coming back after not running since USA's and gets the win. She beat Elaine Thompson Hurrah 11.29 to 11.30 into a minus 2.0. Said it once recently. I'll say it again. I have no idea what to expect from her in any given race. I've sort of given up trying to predict what's going to happen because it could be anything. Like everything is on the table when she runs. So I guess I'm not surprised by this result, she's r- scheduled to run in Brussels on Friday. 
That field is much tougher. Again, anything is on the table there, I would say, except for beating Shelly and Fraser Price. I don't think that's <laughs> on the table, but everything else is on the table. Yeah, I think that's more than fair. I Yeah, I mean, in this, you know, obviously everyone was slow, so I'm not taking too much away from 11.29, but I'm also not taking too much away from beating Elaine Thompson, who's just, you know, hasn't had her yeah. best year. She obviously was still, um, you know, she still medals at, at, at Worlds, but I, she's looked not even as good since then. Um, so I, you know, I don't really care what the wind calculator or anything says about this, but you're right. I, I think it's just kind of like, okay, this is good because it's better to win this race and beat Elaine Thompson and Kim Bungie and mm-hmm. et cetera, than to lose it. Um, but yeah, I just don't know what this actually tells me. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see her keep running. I just hope she can keep running and you know, she's still crazy young and crazy talented. So yeah, and there's also the difference of people who've kept running versus someone who's had time off. And sometimes that can be an, a disadvantage for the person who's had time. Like last year when she was suspended, right, she came back and like wasn't her wasn't as fast as before. But yeah. it's just her and Thompson are have had just such different seasons in terms of how many races they've done. And then you look at Solera Barnes got third for the, the U.S., you know, went to USC athlete. Prandini, who's had um, some high points to the season, but also you know had some had some disappointing performances as well too. Ahore's in there. You mentioned Kambunji. Like the Brussels race is much different. The Brussels race is all the people, a lot of people who are really sharp still, or appear to be still sharp. Now again, they could fall off the cliff at any time just because the season's been going on for a while. But with Fraser Price and Jackson and Aliyah Hobbs, who just won. And Tolu, who ran the 10-7 in Monaco. That represents a, a good chunk of people who are still running fast this late in the season. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It'll be a much better kind of measuring stick. And yeah, she's not going to win because she's not going to beat Shelly and Fraser Price. But like, if she could, she could stick her you know, nose in there and get, I mean, she runs 10-8. Like, that's a huge step in the right direction. Um, but it's obviously consistency. Like you said with her, it's just hard to, hard to predict. Yeah, you want to see it again in a championship race, and you want to see it at a world or Olympic final is where you want to see whether or not she's able to run at that level. But um, I had thought she wasn't going to run anymore this year. She posted a thing on Twitter basically saying, I'm just here so I don't get fined. So like clearly, you know, you got to hit that minimum race requirement. Is I'm assuming that's what that's re- referencing, right? right. Like, like they have to compete a certain amount of time. So, hey, go to Europe run there, run in Brussels, don't know the exact terms of people's contracts, but she was in a way downplaying expectations about how good she would be, but the win is, you, you take the win That's at, it. at this point <laughs> in the career. Take wins you, when you get them. You take, take the win, and it's just, I guess, a confidence boost. But I don't think anybody's going to be like, oh, yeah, the you know what you do in late August and September when the World Championships was, how far are we on from that? a month, six weeks or something. It's just, yeah. it's it's just tough to know for sure. Now Brussels will be different though. So by the time people listen to this pod, maybe something's totally changed, but um, do you, speaking of Brussels, do you want to jump in and start chatting about that meet? Oh, first let's play the song. Can I play the song? Oh yes. Diamond League song for the penultimate time of 2022. They kept the 5,000. What was that weird thing they did with field events? Got NBC Sports Gold to watch live. Bummer, cause it doesn't work most of the time. Fantasy League, is that still a thing? 
I probably would remember three meets of fourteen. Every two hundred has Aaron Brown. Even though you couldn't pick him out of a crowd, this is the Diamond League. All right, do you want to start with the? Well, what's your? You always have a good synopsis of what's going on in these meets. Do well, I? Oh, wow. Awesome. Yeah, you got your secret notes, and you're like, so-and-so is racing so-and-so, and El Bacali is racing Caprucci, and the women's Man, 200. I misread these for sure. Um, yeah, I, I actually did a little another little fan um, odds write-up for FanHub mm. TF, uh, so check that out. Uh, probably, well, yeah, it'll be posted when this is. So, yeah, they'll probably do a contest again, too, so maybe win some gift card or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um. So what sticks out is the question. Uh, first of all, hilarious. The the final event of this meet is the men's 800. So not uh, joking. That is the, that's the one right before the fireworks. Fire, it, literal fireworks is on the schedule. Fireworks is on the schedule. I love and the eight, men's 800 is right before it. So, um, and the men's 800, I mean, why am I starting with the men's 800? It has yeah, what are you pretty doing, much man? everybody you'd want to have in this men's 800. What does um, that mean? David Arisha? Uh, Yes, like you need that, but it's um, yeah. I mean, it's it's got you know pretty much most of the world championship final along with Jake Jake Whiteman in there. Um, it's gonna be a mess, but I just thought that was hilarious that that was the that was kind of the lead off. Um, men's two, no Lyles. You got Knighton, you got Richards, you got Fanblay. I don't know. I'm still I'm still holding out hope Knighton does one more really cool thing before. This season ends, um, and with Richards and Fanblay, you got you know a bunch of guys who can run nineteen seven, nineteen eight, mm-hmm. and then Mana's in there too, who ripped off that nineteen six out of nowhere. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. So I, I didn't know what fully to expect there, but um, that'll be fun. <clears throat> Whoa, that'll be fun. <laughs> um, like I said, women's hundred, the highlight. I mean, we already mentioned it, but Fraser Price. That's that's probably my number one thing to watch. Um, Good men's 5K and women's 15. Um, men's 5K has got like Crop, Chalimo, Kajelka, Kip Career, Fisher, McSwain. Um, so always fun to get like a good fast 5K. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then women's 15, you know, you got Muir, Hailu, and Baye, um, Sinclair Johnson, McLean, Hull. Just be right. fun, like yeah, some like good, but like I don't know. There, like definitely on paper, Lasan was a more loaded meet um, outside of the, the you know women's hundred, which didn't didn't pan out the way we'd hoped. Um, but this, like you know, you've got some and Dos Santos is running the four hundred hurdles. Got some mm-hmm. some odds just on what time he's going to run because he's obviously going to win that race. Um, I don't know. <laughs> did I miss? Did I miss something? Did anything stick out to you? With Dos Santos, I just wish Warholm was there. He, we yeah, saw him at Euros. Sure. Yeah, what he are we pretty good at Euros too? Right? Yeah, so. why not? Why can't we get that? Why can't we get that race happening? I don't understand. It's fair. Um, yeah, because we're not going to get at the Diamond League final probably because Warholm probably hasn't run enough to get it. Right? I don't know. He hasn't, and he's not running this race, so he yeah, will not so get like, it. I don't think but that's going to happen. Well, and I don't even care so much. Does he run? I just want to see him race Dos Santos. I don't care if it's a Diamond League final or. Well, yeah, that's what I, th- I just was assuming Dos Santos is going to race it, so I figured that would be our best shot. But yeah, well, this would be the best shot because he could literally say, "I want to run this race," and they'd <laughs> right. say, "Okay," and we don't need to worry about qualification. Just let him in the race, and I mean, 
maybe I don't have a budget for it. I don't know. I just I was talking about this with Gordon too. We're gonna need to have a conversation at the beginning of next year about these three guys racing each other because it's it's awesome. Like, and this has the potential to be something that um, is just an insane rivalry. Yeah. Over the, it already is great. It could go to another level in 23, 24, and 25. But look up how many times they race each other. Yeah. It's not it's, a lot. It's a bummer. At all. And I think that needs to change next year. And it le- And I'm not even talking about all three at the same time. Even twos. And when Samba was the third member of the big three, before he got replaced by Dos Santos, he raced Warholm a bit, as far like if I can recall. But it was before Warholm became Warholm. Yeah. So it's it's not a lot. Like when so night it was twenty nineteen. That was your Benjamin and Warholm ran, I think, in Zurich pre-Worlds. And then they ran Worlds. Yeah. And then they would have run Olympics. And then – so if you just count finals, I think that's four times total. Do I have that right? Is that right? Well, let's see. Benjamin pulled out of that one race where he was going to be racing against them. Yeah. Let me look up Dos Santos's thing just to see. You know, I mean, Warholm, Warholm was injured this whole year. I mean, maybe we would have gotten one, you know, one square off. I'm not sure, though. Yeah, let me look. You're at, right, though. It doesn't happen very often. Yeah, and that sucks. And that again, that needs to be that needs to be rectified for 2023. I'm just I'm going to talk about that a bunch next year. I'm just warning everybody. Um, Dos Santos and Warham have raced five times, so a little bit better. And so let's uh, how so obviously the last two championships. Last two championships, they raced in Zurich last year or D- Diamond League final last year. Um, they raced in Monaco last year and then in Oslo last year, and then they raced Worlds 2019. So they raced four times last year. So that yeah. needs to be the standard. But that again, that was when... And, that's Do- Dan- and that's Dos Santos kind of on the rise. Like, exactly. I mean, you know, he, he wasn't a star at that point. He was, he was on his way to becoming a star. Yeah. And let's see, Dos Santos versus Benjamin, they've raced six times as well. And again, a lot of that was 2021. But then this year, he ran in Doha against him, which was great. Um, but yeah, Benjamin Warholm, you know, not racing barely at all this year. Um, that just that that, yeah. that 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 makes things more difficult. But I think you're, I mean, you're absolutely right because if it, this has a chance to be, you know, the best one, two, three in the sport, and it probably is regardless. But like feed it a little bit right like just give well, us, yeah give us something here's my thing let's re let's reset right let's re-rack we we've had three let's say three years of this is that fair because 2020 we'll put aside even though we're home yeah. Yeah, yeah i guess we had two years of it if you're only going to count if you're only like, counting dos santos dos santos is rise but let's just let's just say they're all in the same era right there were injuries there was one guy coming up on the rise so it wasn't equal, right? And, and Benjamin's banged up too. But now, assume, assuming health is all in the right spot for everybody going forward, they're all, I don't want to say at the same spot, legacy-wise, but they're very close time-wise if you look at PBs, correct? Warholm's obviously better. 
but it's there's not a huge gap from Warholm. Yeah, back War, War, Warholm has the legacy conversation easily right now. But like, yeah, they're all they're all in the same ballpark right now for sure. Yeah, they're all in, they're all in the same section of the ballpark right now, at least going into next year. Would you say they all have this? Because when we talk about guys, uh, people not racing each other, we talk about people being afraid to lose, and we talk about well, who you have nothing to gain and everything to lose. What's the balance like across these three, do you think, in terms of willingness to lose or being okay with losing or having a lot to lose going into a race? Ooh. Um, is, is it is it even going into 2023? Because we've seen Warholm get seventh now. We've seen it yeah, happen. Like, he hadn't lost for years, but he also didn't seem afraid to compete. Well, he only wanted to run he, Europe, too. That was the yeah, thing. Yeah, he was, he was kind of invincible, um, which it makes it easier to, you know not be afraid to lose too if you never actually lose now that he has i mean you could you could see it going either way for sure um they just benjamin, seem kind of even is my yeah, point benjamin has has lost probably more than any of them just because he's you know finished he's been the second, second. guy yeah over and over um so you'd think he would have nothing he literally has nothing to lose if yeah. he loses to dos santos or warholm it's like yeah been there seen this before there's nothing so yeah, I just I don't know. It's a, it's a good point. Like I don't know if any of them, you know, Dos Santos. He's the reigning he's, world champion. He's the he, king of the, you know, yeah, 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 right now. And it's but it's like I don't know. I have a hard time picturing him like afraid to like jump in a race. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, you're right. But it's weird what gold medals seem to do to people, where they just want to compete less. And unless you're Jakob, you know, then, well, yeah, who wants to triple? Apparently, I saw that. So the Yakabathon. <laughs> oh, that's rough. Okay, not as good as th- Inger- not as good as the Hassanathon for sure. Ing trink trink triangle Britson three mm. triple Britson. Um, well, there's three of them. Yeah, I'll say that might be my confusing. Okay, yeah. but anyway, hold on. Let, let's table that for a second. We can talk yeah. about that if you want to in a second. Um, I want to put a point on this. There's also the ch- typical track stuff of. Warholm's going to race at pre, or sorry, Benjamin's going to race at pre because he's a Nike athlete. Warholm said, yeah, I'm not going to go over there because I don't get paid enough to go over there because he's not a Nike athlete, which yeah. all right. And Warholm's also thinking, I'm not going to travel across all these time zones to run this race if I could just stay in Europe. So he's very, he's been very time zone centric. Dos Santos seems like he's just going to, he's down for whatever. So yeah. you have a couple, you have a couple issues here that are contributing to this problem and it's it hasn't bubbled up as a major problem yet again because okay they've raced each other six times like that's cool each or what do we say with benjamin and warholm we think four times so it's like it hasn't stuck out as this glaring issue yet but i think the problem exists it's sitting there on the horizon for 2023 of a lot of games and and them not racing each other and i don't, I preemptively want to say I don't like it. Stop it. Cut it I, out. I agree. I think you're absolutely right. Uh, I, I worry about this a little bit. I'm I'm hopeful, though, that uh, this will not, not become an issue. But I do remember, yeah, Benjamin pulling out of that race with Warholm, you know, didn't uh, didn't run USA's. Like, yeah, I don't know. Benjamin doesn't seem to run that much, but maybe I'm just remembering the times he doesn't run and so Weird. he's, I mean, well, he's raced, he's raced Los Santos the same amount of times as, yeah. as Warholm has. And then let's see, he's raced, I, mean, I think Warholm, 
where I'm probably has a higher race count over the last couple of years, especially 2020. Yeah, oh, he, didn't, he didn't times. race this year at all, but, you know. Oh, one of the five counts the semifinals, which does not count. So we were right. It was four times. That's okay. that's it. So, but neither of those guys won gold, so they shouldn't duck each other. Right? Yeah, exactly. They all have something to prove. Yeah. Dos Santos, right. hey, can you, can you beat these guys when they're healthy for the, for the season? You know, Warholm, can he work his way back? Benjamin, can he get over the hump? They all get something. Yeah, no, it's a tri-rival, tri Tribalry. Yeah. yeah. I'm just struggling here. <laughs> but when have we had this situation before in track in the last couple of years? I can't, the last 10 years. I can't think of a time. Three people. I guess the men's 400. Merritt, James, Van Niekerk. Yeah, that was, that was the thing there. It only lasted, you know, it was much shorter lasting than we thought, but they were at yeah. different, t- you know, um, Merritt was older. Yeah. James yeah. ended up getting hurt. And then Van Niekirk, you know, gets hurt a little later. You know, is, is great a little longer, but then gets hurt right after that. And yeah. It yeah. all falls apart. And that's the thing. Is it, it could all fall apart. Like, I think all three of these guys are going to be great for a long time. But it's like, you never know how long you're going to keep this going. But they are unsimilar. Now, someone could get hurt in some freak situation, but they are at similar points in their career. Which yeah, yeah, they're all within a few years of each other, so that 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 helps. That's what I'm saying with 23, 24, 25, three championships. Let's let's figure out a way to have them race each other at least twice before a global championship and then once after or uh, yeah, maybe at least give me, and like you said, even some head-to-heads, like even if all three of them are in fine. Like I can I want all yeah. three in, you know, yeah. four times a year, sure. But if you're giving me, you know, one week is Dos Santos Warholm and then it's Benjamin Dos Santos and then you know like yeah. great. So, you know, g- give me four of those throughout the year. And yeah. then a final with all three? I I'll, I'll I'll buy that right now. Yeah. We might be getting greedy, but I just it has the ability to really Take this to the next dimension. <laughs> Space Olympics. <laughs> All right. Do you want to talk about Triple Britson? I mean, just the fact that, you know, he's throwing it out there. He wants he wants a chance to do it. Uh, they do have to move the schedule, I think, from what I saw. Uh, so let's do it. Come on. It's. I mean, if, if someone's deserved the right to move the schedule... I think he has, uh, especially. They're not going to move. They're not. They already released the schedule. They're not moving. Yeah, the schedule. I mean, it's. I, I don't know. Do the petition thing. Who cares? It's already been. It's not going to affect anybody else because nobody else is going to freaking triple besides him. Yeah, I just when I think about twenty twenty three Jakob Ingebrigtsen versus twenty nineteen Safan Hassan, I just for her it was a stretch. Or sorry, not 2019. What am I saying? 20, 2021, right? Yeah. Be- I think because Hassan had done the 15 and 10, it seemed like a natural evolution. Jakob hadn't even doubled yet. I mean, yeah, he, I guess he hasn't double golded, but yeah, he's, he has doubled. Well, that, that's what I mean. They only, doubles only count if you get <laughs> gold in both. You didn't know that? That's the rule. I mean, gold silver I thought was pretty good, but apparently, apparently not. No. You know what I mean, though. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, well, I guess the weird thing is the schedule. So it's day one is the fifteen hundred first round. Day two is the fifteen hundred semis, and then fifty minutes later is the ten k final. Seems and doable then, to me. And then day five is the fifteen hundred meter final. So yeah. just move the fifteen hundred semis to day three. Like it. What's that affecting? 
Um, I don't like on your schedule. How does it line up? Do you have the document on your on your desktop still? Uh, yeah. I mean, mine's superior to this. Uh, granted, I did not take the triple into account, so I'd really have to do well, some stuff. But guess what? I would. I would figure it out because that's... But the whole point is you can't move the schedule. Like your schedule is set in stone. It is the schedule. That's why I want to know. Do you have it? Let's as see. I've got it on my doable. desktop. It's been there since I did it. Yeah. Let's, it's let's, my wallpaper, it but I can't see it because the font's too small. <laughs> uh, let's see. Where are we at? Furloughed letter? I probably don't need that anymore, huh? Okay, updated schedule. Here we go. <laughs> Resignation letter. <laughs> that was for that was back in the when the beginning of the pandemic. All right, what do we got here? It sucked. <clears throat> 1500 heats day one. Uh, 1500 semi day two. Mm-hmm. Okay. And 10,000 final day three. Men's? Men's. Day four, 1500 meter final. Ooh. Jason, you son of a bitch, you did it again. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's got till day seven for the first for the heats of the men's 5k so he'd go 15 15 10k 15 yeah so I mean, that's a little i mean that's a tough turnaround it's a 24 really hour hard. final but, to one but yeah. doable and guess yeah. what if you're doing the hasanathon yeah. or the yakabathon you got to earn it well your schedule's 10 days though and they decided to make this meet nine days for whatever reason <laughs> because it's just, there's no rules just do whatever you want but i'm just saying mine worked even without no, planning I, it, because that's what I do. No, I, I I like it. I respect it. I appreciate it. I'm more mocking the fact that, yeah, you can make the schedule tighter, but it's just funny that they just come up with these things on on a whim. Yeah, there's no there's, there's yeah. never any method to to it whatsoever. Um, Someone could say it's seven days. And be like, well, that's what they decided. I don't know. Sorry, we have an event going on on Sunday, so we side note. Same thing. Women's side do, works as well. Same same kind of situation. We love your schedule, Jason. It's a great schedule. It's good stuff. But you don't have the mixed four by four on that schedule, correct? Um, let's see. Oh, I've got days one through ten. Um, day sixteen. <laughs> there it is. Let's, let's all meet back up. Yep, in Budapest. <laughs> all right. Is it time for email? I think so. All right. We got a lot of these, so let's get yeah. going on the emails. Before my power goes out, because it's been lightning and thundering here quite a bit. Oh, all right. Yeah. All right. Let me. Sure, it's not our takes. It is not. It is not. Here's Alex, former mediocre sprinter. Gents, who would win in a 600 meter hurdle race? 15 hurdles. Keep the 400 meter hurdle spacing. Peter Bull, for 800 meter runner, or Femke Bull. How about a flat hundred? I want to create a bull power ranking, but I need more data. Okay. First of all. Femke belongs above Peter, regardless. I just want to make that clear. Um, and then Minute. Minute versus Peter is close. Is that fair? Well, I don't he, know. he passed away. Well, yeah, but he's... Oh, all time. Just yeah. all time. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying current. I mean, yeah. Oh, he's a We can do, a, we can do Bowl Bowl, too. I mean, he's got his name twice, so that's fun. Yeah, he's um, Minute's son, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, How insane would that be if that is not his son? Another seven foot, like five Sudanese player. Well, it's a common last name, isn't it? Over there. But anyway, yes. Okay. So, what's the. So, Peter Bowl versus Femke Bowl. 
Um, six hundred. I mean, I take. I'd probably how. Well, yeah, I'd take. I mean, Peter. Ball, I, Peter. It, it already, I think, benefits the eight hundred runner. Yeah. In in general, at that point, so. Uh, I don't think he needs to create a power ranking though, because it's Femke in a. In a it's walk. no, it's it's Femke in a in a walk. Um, how about just the four hundred hurdles? Uh, she'd win because she's hurdled. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the. Th- I mean, obviously, you know, he's he's got some some good speed, but yeah. I, I think that's a that's a more interesting race. Next up, this is a long one. This is good though. There's a good idea at the end here that I like. Uh, this is from Zach, not Braff, from New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, he says this is a long one, but please take your and then he. It cut off, so I don't really know what he's going to say, but I'm reading it. Uh, so I 100% agree with you guys of the critiques of the World Championships and the schedule. I don't agree that the mixed 4x4 is a bad idea, but it is redundant. Mixed 4x8, question mark, since the 800 is diverse, that no one country seems to have dominated it. That's not the point of this email, though. We have two problems. One, the best athletes can't compete in all the events they deserve to be finalists in. Two, world rankings are not representative of the best athletes. The problem with the World Championships is the difficulty doubling, as I see it. The less preliminaries and semifinals, the less races are more mostly inconsequential. Why does the ability to run rounds need to be a thing of value? That does not help the sport. And the less, uh, and the less prelims and I think me, the fewer prelims and semis, more finals will actually represent the best athletes in that event for the world. It's easier for the 200 to be awesome every time if the best athletes have fewer races in their legs. Europeans made this clear to me. I see this problem and the problem of not enough meets mattering to be an opportunity because the Diamond League could become a de facto regular season where athletics runs both, right? Here are some suggestions I like. Uh, his first one, how about every Diamond League winner gets a buy into the World Championship semifinal round for the 100 through 1500 and finals for the 5000 or 10K? Like maybe a 5000 champ could opt for a buy into the 10K. That detail isn't important. Two, Diamond League qualification gets a buy uh, to Worlds and the top gets a bye to the second round of the event. Think about it. If every Diamond League final had a world semifinal or final spot on it, more people would go in in different events. Um, the more we make it easier for Sydney, Warholm, or Thing, Mo to run the Open 400 at Worlds, the better, or for Hassan and Jakob to triple, the better, not because we're obsessed with doubles and triples, but because these athletes are top eight in those events in the world but do not compete in the finals for reasons of poor planning. In terms of world ranking, here are some ideas i like to throw out there. We have... Uh, a lower tier of meets, A, B, C, D. Is there an E and an F? Come on. Two complicated classifications, arbitrary to point. Make Diamond League Class A and only those. Yes, USA is high quality, but we can't penalize athletes that don't live in the U.S. Maybe only three tiers, maybe none, just Diamond League and then times. Maybe have half of an athlete's world ranking formally be an average of their top X, like three or five. I don't know. Performances in that event over the past year or similar ones indoors and half be due to the races that are in like with the tiers and everything. I think that's kind of partly how they do it. They do take in a certain amount of times too. Uh, he closes with, I call on House of Run community to send in ideas to Jason and Kevin. Can there be a live show where we have to think tank to discuss these ideas? I feel like, I think he means Shark Tank, um, which would be better. <laughs> I mean, maybe he means Think Tank, but I'm th- in my mind, it's Shark Tank. I feel like we know that world rankings are going to account for more, so we should use the window of opportunity to put our minds together and submit the idea to them. I envision PowerPoint presentations, two-minute pitches, especially international listeners and fans of field events, because I'm sure uh, 
my and our US-centric and track-centric bias could affect our ideas. I'd be down to collab with any listeners that are interested. Zach, not Braff from New Jersey. I mean, I do like the idea. The chances of us actually pulling this off are low, but I do think it'll be fun. Like, everybody got two minutes. Because this is what track fans love to do. You know, in the whole length of this pod, and before we had a podcast and people, you know, communicated in other forums, it's like everybody has a solution to fix track. Right. I, I do like the, the two-minute pitch idea, and then we just play the role of uh, the sharks. <laughs> just, like, punch holes in it. Yeah. Because I've heard most of these before. It's very rare. Not to say I'm, like, old or something, but it's, it's rare I hear a completely novel idea now because we've been doing this for 10 years plus 12 years. How many years? 12? It's 12. Yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah. Uh, what, two weeks will be the, the going into year 13. Yeah. So a lot of these ideas circle on. But I do like the idea of PowerPoint pitches and two-minute time limits. I like that. I, I really like Diamond League winner gets you a buy into the semifinals. But the problem is the Diamond League final is after the. Or is well, you that's about the pre- that's where we're moving the World Championships to September. Yeah. Um. Because I know we can't we can't move the Olympics. Fine. You know the Olympics. There's a lot of other sports involved. We're moving the World Championships to September in this world where we're doing this because it just makes more sense. So then you have you know whatever the all these Diamond League buys and guess what that should be and then it also incentivizes running in Diamond Leagues which is something we want. Um. Or, you know, and slash making the world rankings a much better system. Yeah. And then rewarding that. Yeah. No, I agree with you. The problem is, if you were to sum up a lot of tracks issues into one statement, it's just the incentives are not for collaboration. And this would require a lot of collaboration. For sure. Between athletes and cities that host these meets and the different event groups and the governing bodies. I love doubles. Obviously I love triples. I think it's awesome, but I think their way of thinking isn't, Hey, let's try to get the stars to run as much as possible. I mean, sometimes, I mean, it should be, I think in a lot of cases, but I think they're just more stuck in just like, okay, how have we done this before? All right, let's make sure the common doubles are there. And then that's it. And then they want, they want a ton of countries participating. So they want the meat to, take 10 or nine days in some cases and have all the heats because you could make in a way is the diamond league final, the world championships in a way, sort of, I mean, kind of, it, it, yeah, it's kind of it's what not, people want. It's like, right. It, it, it's, it's not because that's how like people don't treat it that way. And so you're missing some people. But isn't it specific – like that's – we're coming up all with all these complicated ways to fix this and that. But isn't that the exact model you would use if you were to have a regular season that quote-unquote mattered and then this big ending meet? Because you do have a little bit of collaboration there where they've all agreed to be in the Diamond League. And then there's yeah. – and then you have this meet has this event and this meet has that event. So there's an even number of events that are contested. It's not as if they're just running the 100 every every meet because that's what's going to sell tickets. And then you're keeping track of points based on how they finish. And then there's a final meet. And then that winner is a Diamond League champion. The problem is what's the process to get into those Diamond League meets? 
because then it just comes down to a lot of times who your agent is. So it's not quote unquote fair, although you'd say, you know, the big superstars who are going to win, they can find their way into these meets. And then you don't have enough of incentive because we have the world championships and we have the Olympics for everybody to compete. Like look at how many people have already shut down their season and there's still two diamond league meets to go, including the championship. Yeah, no, I mean, you're definitely right that the, the, the system that makes the most sense would be the, like the diamond league system. If you, all the times we've talked about turning it into a league and, you know, having a regular season and it's it's like that, that is, that's the process right there. Like it's, it's, it's It's not hard. It's not hard. Yeah. 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 But like, that's, that's pretty, pretty basic. Um, but yeah, you could even, you know, obviously add in the world championships after the fact and, and come up with ways to do that there too. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, you're right. I mean, that's probably the, the simplest solution right there. Yeah. If the world, say for example, like the world championships didn't exist anymore and the Olympics didn't exist. What would we think is the biggest meet of the year, other than NACAC? Like we'd probably say it was the Diamond League final. Yeah, wouldn't we? Yeah, for sure. And most fan non track fans, who if you just explain to them, if you sat them down and said, "Hey, I'm going to explain to you how professional track and field works," how much time do you have? Buckle and in. <laughs> and also, yeah. Also. Like, which of these meets would you think is the most important? They definitely say the time, like, oh, the one where you work all year to accumulate all these points for. Yeah, and I then keep you seeing Diamond down. League over and over, and this one says Diamond League final. So I'm assuming this is it. Yeah, but and, you're like, and diamonds are really expensive. So that's probably important. Yeah, and then you have to tell them, actually, no, it was the pre classic, which was three months ago. <laughs> like, why? Oh, because Nike sends all their athletes or makes their athletes go. So. And then by the end of the year, people are tired and the prize money isn't enough. But imagine they put all the prize money and the prestige into Diamond League Final, then everybody's clamoring to get in. And I think, honestly, the issues about fairness of who gets in would – you could create a system to where it wouldn't be perfect, but you just – you'd have like a month in the begin like a, a month-long period at the beginning of the year, which is sort of a free-for-all. You run other meets, and then you could just start – at letting people in by time. I mean, it would have to be, there'd have to be some guardrails. So people weren't like faking times. And then once people are in, you can almost do a, like a promotion re- relegation situation where, um, you know, you keep, if you're in that top five or something like you, you get to stay in the diamond league and then they move, you know, you could move people up based on, you could use the ranking system or something like that where they'd move back in. Or you just say it's up to individual meet directors and, create some sort of transparency about who gets invited but you know it would it that would be the one hurdle if you're trying to make a com- like a completely fair system because there's there's not enough lanes on the track right right yeah for sure um i guess you could do this would be annoying but for lace for ra- you could put like make the meet two days and then have a round in front of it Right, and then That's that true. way, now yeah. you're 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 picking the top sixteen in these lane races. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I like the idea. I I like the idea of the the pitch though. That's it. It's, it's interesting. Okay, next up. This is not from me, uh, but it is from Kevin. Mm, a likely story. It's a well, it's about ultra marathoning, and there's some takes in here that I think are funny, uh, but it's not my burner. This is Kevin, formerly from Akron. Now from Maine. Oh, drink. You ever been to Maine, Jason? I have not. Beautiful state. 
So every well, East Coast. I'm next by next week. I will have checked, at least been to one East Coast state. Wait, what are you considering the East Coast? I mean, North Carolina is on the East Coast, right? Mm, yeah, I guess it touches it's on the water. The eastern coast of the country. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's not East Coast. I don't really don't know what uh, what is. I think. Well, no, you're. Well, does, do, like, do people call Florida like the East Coast? I don't know. Florida people, let us know. I it's mean, in, it, it is. Whether you call it that or not, I'm going to just say you're on the East Coast. Yeah, no, you are. Yes, geographically, you are on it. I'm just saying colloquially. Coll- I can't say that word. Are you thinking like Northeast? Is that where your mainly mind goes with the East Coast? Yeah, yeah. I think it would go there. But you're, you're 100% right. It touches the water. I'm happy for you. North Carolina is a cool state too. All right. Yeah. This is Kevin. I just finished watching the 2022 broadcast of the UTMB. And as someone who only occasionally pays attention to ultra races with no relevant knowledge of the sport, I thought I'd share my analysis. Number one, Killian Jornet won for like the fifth time or something, and the commentators kept referring to him as one of the greatest athletes of all time. Have they not heard of the Kansas City Royals fans? <laughs> Two, Killian broke the course record and went under 20 hours for the first time in history. The commentators compared this achievement to breaking four minutes in the mile because people thought it could never be done. They clearly don't listen to the songs on the podcast, so here's my bold prediction. By 2030, there will be 10 U.S. high school boys per year breaking 10, <laughs> 20 hours in UTMB. Oh, Three, would Sydney run UTMB faster or slower with hurdles along the mountain passes? Four, how fast could LeBron run a 107-miler? Five, in all seriousness, every time I pay attention to an ultra, I'm even more convinced that Kipchoge would demolish any of these guys, including Killian Jornet. And that the elite end of the sport is propped up by lack of participation for most of the world, just like swimming. Whoa, broadside swimming there. Uh, that is Kevin. Okay, so I appreciate the recap. The ultra fans out there, they're not going to like it. Um, it's just a, like I watched some clips from this. It's just it's just a different sport. I mean, it, it really is. When you're talking about how long they're out there and – the, the terrain that they're going through, um, it's different. Now, if it's one of these, if you're talking about an elite marathoner and they're running a super long race and it's on a flat road, to me, yeah, it wouldn't take long for those elite distance athletes, those elite endurance athletes to catch up. But once you put the, the thing you know, on these mountain passes, um, it gets a little bit more challenging to forecast. Now, as someone just – this is my personal preference. I don't like – there's certain sports that just like I'm not going to get into, right? Like I'm never going to get into UFC. Yeah. It's just – it's too violent for me. I, I'm not judging anybody who likes it. It's just not my thing. Totally not my thing. And then, of course, with some sports, you just have arbitrary reasons for why you don't like this or like that. When I read the recaps from a lot of these ultras – there's just way too much emphasis on food for a sporting event for me. It's just like, and then their fueling went all wrong and they lost 19 minutes in the next mile or something like that. And it's just cause the fueling was off. Now I know you're going to say marathons, they're, they're taking fluids, they're taking carbs they're taking stuff throughout. To me, that's at the, like the, the, the far extreme, like that's as much as I want to hear about, food and fueling in an athletic event. And I'm not, again, not judging anybody. I think we do that too much. If you like what you like, that's awesome. Obviously this stuff's very popular. Saw the clips all over um, social media of him finishing and tremendous athlete, not taking anything away, but just like for me, 
it would be difficult to get into it um, for a couple reasons, and that would be one of them. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I like I said, I respect the hell out of ultra marathoners because, like, my God, like how how do you do that? It seems impossible. Um, yeah. I said, it, yeah, it does seem like almost more of a survival sport than a racing sport. Yeah. But even then, like, there's it, <clears throat> it's amazing how fast they are. Um, so yeah, I I agree. I also, I guess, maybe part of my issue would be really hard for me to watch a twenty hour race. Um, I would have to refuel multiple times, and if that yeah. goes poorly, I'm not going to be able to finish this. Um, but it's longer than the Irishman. Is that, <laughs> it's, is that still are people still making those jokes? I, I don't think I'd heard one in a while, but I love that that it got made. It was it was really good. How long was that? Wasn't it like four and a half hours or something? I, I actually never saw it. I ne- saw neither it did I. Much. But um, oh wow! So I'm on his page right now, um, Killian Jornet. Yeah, um, he's been he's been winning stuff since '06. Yeah, yeah. So he's it's really impressive. Um, see, Mount Everest is on here. Jornet Summon. <laughs> did we talk about this before? Uh, maybe see, I don't know. Summoned Mount Everest at midnight local time on May twenty second, twenty seventeen, climbing without some supplemental oxygen. He reached the top in twenty six hours from base camp on May twenty seventh. So five days later, he reached the summit again from advanced base camp in 17 hours, about 15, 20 minutes slower than the records from this camp set by Hans Kammerlander and Christian Stangle. Yeah, I think the, what do you use, extreme sport, adventure sport? Yeah, it's that's, just, yeah. It's just, it's just different, and, and again, it's, people can be like, oh, well, the marathon is at the extreme end. It's just, there's certain sports that the participation base isn't going to be as big because it's just you get to a certain point where people aren't going to be able to be exposed to that sport. Yeah, so, most people can't do a marathon. Almost everyone can't do these. Yeah. I mean, logistically, it would be difficult. So if everybody – and I don't want to get into the whole like, is it a sport? Is it not a sport? I think that's sort of a yeah, tired a conversation. Sure, sure, it's a sport. I don't yeah, – no, 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 no. It's that, but it's, it's – yeah, it's just completely bonkers to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just when you keep when you push those outer limits, um, it you're gonna get um, fewer people competing in it. Now, do I think there's a whole group of people who are like amazing endurance athletes that aren't really competing in these things? And what would does my mind wonder what would happen if they were there? Absolutely. And again, I would 50ks, which according to our ultra friends aren't real ultras. I think it's obviously no question. You're only running eight more K than a marathon. Like yeah. Kipchoge is rolling in that. 100K, okay. Like, again, to me, a lot of this too is, a, is about the, the terrain in which you're running. Because I feel like if it's 100K in the road, Kipchoge could do a 50K, take a nap, and then get rolling and, and, and be okay. Yes. Um, but then I mean, Everest is a different one. I'm not going to necessarily say Kipchoge would be great at that. I honestly well, don't know. And a lot of the clips like you'd see from this stuff is like they're obviously they're not running full out because they're running for twenty hours, but it's like they're kind of climbing too and they're scrambling and they're going over the rocks and stuff. So it's just it's a totally different thing. I mean, it's called ultra marathoning, ultra running, but it's not exactly the same thing. So that's my ultra thought. I'm gonna get 
people emailing in about it. But again, like what you like. You don't need me to tell me, you know, to tell you to like it. Yeah. No, it's do, it's do like I get why people like it. I just it's too much. And also I just I can only follow so many things. Like you, you know, you have to like cut yourself off at certain points. Yeah. There's even stuff that I used to follow more that I like I don't watch as much now. Like Like what? I used to watch like a lot more college basketball. And now it's like, okay, yeah, I'll watch March Madness when it comes around, but I'm not yeah. invested in the week to week stuff of it. Because it's twenty hours long. It's the, right like the Irishman. Same thing. Starting at eight AM and then going until midnight because there's a game in Hawaii. You talking about March Madness? You talking about just college basketball? Just college basketball, like a yeah. random Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's you don't know the players anymore because they're all gone, so that's tough for me. But yeah. Yeah, and UNLV is not good, so that probably is part of it. Yeah, I mean, there's always choices you're going to make. I just, I mean, there's again, there's obviously a following for this, and it helps because what he's doing, or what all these ultra athletes are doing, is just. It's headline grabbing, right? Because you just – or attention grabbing. You read the headline, you're like, whoa, like that's crazy. And then you see some of the photos and they're running in these beautiful parts of the world. And it's no wonder that people are interested in it. So glad we had a recap there. Yeah. All right. Um, Alicia in London, kind yeah. of touching on a topic we already talked about. But hey, subject line is, the Diamond League don't care about the Diamond Race, so why should we? Hello again. Remember the days when the Diamond League actually cared to post the Diamond League points at the end of each event? Those days are gone, apparently. Pretty much no mention of the points on Twitter or on the screen when the event's being Good televised. I, you can find the PDF if you go to the Diamond League website. Like The standings tab is updated. But anyway... Uh, she makes a good point. What does it say when the powers that be don't even care about the scoring system for the premier events? A few significant things about the points, though. Jacobs isn't qualified in the men's 100, so won't face the top sprinters this year. Warholm isn't qualified in the men's 400 hurdles, so won't face Dos Santos unless Dos Santos goes to Berlin in September. Oh, so, okay. So Warholm's going to run the Berlin ISATF meet oh, in September okay. where he's entered. So he probably – so then one chose Brussels, one chose that meet, and Warholm and – Dos Santos won't race. Great. Cool. Awesome. Great. Good. Great. Grand. No yelling on the bus. All right. Uh, Aaron Brown isn't even qualified for the 200 yet. Every 200 has Aaron Brown in it. Hasn't exactly materialized for some reason. He could qualify if he runs Brussels. Is he in Brussels? Let's see. Uh, No. I don't think so. Yes. Yes. Oh, my bad. Sorry. Yes, yes, yes. You forgot the, the first rule. Uh, isn't this rubbish or seeing as you like Britishisms, that's a load of rubbish. Yeah. What are they on about? Uh, load must be pronounced <laughs> Loda for a full of, Oh, that's a load of rubbish. Oh, L O A D apostrophe Loda. Okay. For full effect. You did a good job with that. That sounded more Irish. Maybe. I don't know. I well, don't know. you, at least you said the word. Yeah. Uh, something I hadn't realized though, is that in the field events, only the top six get to go to Zurich. A notable athlete to miss out is Wu, world indoor champion, world outdoor silver in the high jump. He had a bad performance in Lausanne. Many of the high jumpers said the run-up was shortened, so they were compromised. Compromised, I like that. Uh, and then she sends another email here. Hello again. Uh, street meets. She wants to know our thoughts on street meets. There have been some successful street meets in the past, Manchester and Gateshead in the UK. Some meets hold an event or some events on the street or in public as part of a wider meet. Said so this year, Brussels Diamond League, the men's shot is being held in a fish market. Okay, that's awesome. And the pole vault in the Zurich Diamond League has been held in a train station. Germany hold a lot of events like this too, and a lot of athletes say it's their favorite type of competition setting. 
What are your thoughts on at least one event of each Diamond League being held in this kind of way? Whoops, sorry. Well, that's a cool, that's a cool sound. I hope alarm. we can. I, I got a fantasy draft tonight, but so I forgot that I sent this. Sorry. Oh, you got to go? No, no, no. I got a half hour, but I just uh, just wanted to give myself a thirty-eight minute. Thing. Okay. I set this alarm like four days ago. Sorry, Alicia. We got to wrap up. Jason <laughs> needs to go to his fantasy <laughs> basketball draft uh, or football. Football. Bas- okay. Yeah, basketball will be a month away. Yeah. Okay. We all get it, Jason. You got friends. I hope we can all agree that the distance track uh, was in Brussels. Was it Brussels last year? I think it was Zurich, right? It was very weird, but some sprints, jumps, and throws would be pretty cool. Main problem, though, is that these events usually happen a day before the main meet, so they don't showcase the competition very well on television. That is Alicia in London. Okay. Go ahead, Jason. Thoughts? Uh, Street meets. Shot put should always be in a fish market. With just, fish. Just, yeah, no problem. Uh, pole 16 vault, pound grouper. Yeah, pole vault should be over th- certain things. Uh, yeah, I know people would get hurt, but it'd be really fun to watch. Um, I, I like a street meet. I think that's fun. Like, and I always love, like, the videos because the people get really close because they, you know, never, like, give, you know, there's obviously not, like, built in stands. It's usually just mm-hmm. people standing on the street. And uh, even if they build a track that makes Johan Blake up very upset. Um, it's cool seeing like people that close. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm pro street meet. I think that's, I think it's really cool. If I had to choose, I'm anti, uh, I like to watch them run on the track. I'm a track and field fan. I don't think, I mean, it's cool, I guess for that individual meet in that individual city, probably it's a cool promotional tactic for the meet itself. But as she mentions, it's tough to get that covered in the same way. True. And the track itself is I mean, I guess for the throws and the vaults, it's fine. For the running events, I thought the thing in Zurich or whatever last year was just unnecessary. Um, like, I like quirky new things that are fun, I guess, but it's just, it's a Diamond League final, man. <laughs> no, yeah. Run, run it on the track. No, no, and, then, no. and let me specify for a Diamond League final, I don't want a street meet. Yeah. For a random meet in May, sign me up. What's the most memorable men's or women's sprint street meet that you've seen? Johan Blake being mad about how crappy the track is. Exactly. Yeah. And that's mine too. <laughs> that's that's like, fair. All right. Yeah, you I think it'd be really fun to go to, I guess is my thought. Well, they run by you in one second. You're, you're yeah, too low. I don't know. It seems like fun though. Okay. Well, you go to your little street meet. Tell me. How. No. I, and then I'll one eat of those... some street meat. Someone sell me <laughs> something on a stick. Sign me up. That I'm in favor of. This is one of the things where I think by opinions change where if probably seven years ago on the pod, I was like, this is awesome. This shows people, you know, bring them closer to the sport. I just, I think that track again, there, there are some exceptions, one offs. If local meets want to do things to promote the meet, that's totally cool. Uh, I don't think it's changing much. And I think pulling track apart into these little pieces could work if you have just this huge shot put contingency and then this huge pole vault contingency. Like it gives all the attention on those things. But I think part of track is that it's the it's a bunch of smaller things put together to create one bigger thing. And when you start pulling stuff apart, uh, you could run into some problems. The aesthetics, though, I will say are kind of cool. Like the photos are always cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Is it just I feel like it would be fun. You know, you get in there, you get down there, you're having a beer, you're eating some street meat. Someone runs by well, you really fast. You're just having a good time. 
No, and if you're an athlete, I totally see how it could be fun. It's, except if you're Johan Blake complaining about the track. Yeah, if the track's really bumping. terrible, I, I get it. Um, but uh, Yeah, I don't – I mean for running events, it's just – if you said, oh, they're going to run 100 on the street versus 100 on a track, I'm always going to put more value on the race that's on an actual track. Yeah, I'm not going to take too much value away from, from the street meet in general. Like it's more, you know, no, obviously shot, it's a spectacle. I shot, I would. Shot's Jesus cool. Yeah, and then the, the winner throws a fish at the end. Well, that, I, far. Like. that I like. That's yeah. fun. Come on. That's got to be a good F- time. Field event stuff, I'll, especially throws, I'll put more into. But, I, you know, running events, it's just the straight 150. It's, it's like awesome. Bolt ran fast. Okay. <laughs> right. Uh, Liam. Yes. In Shetland. Yeah, absolutely. I, for one, welcome our new Liam Overlords. This is a reference to last week <laughs> when we were talking about the most popular baby names. And look forward to a time when, despite having a not-that-uncommon name, I don't have to frequently clarify like Gallagher or Neeson. On the basis that I can't think of many, any Liam in high-level athletics, I'm now wondering of how many theoretical medals at a world championship or Olympics a House of Run extended universe team could win. That is to say, athletes who share first names with House of Run hosts or correspondents. We'd be well set in the men's 200, and we have a Laura to get a 1,500-meter medal. Who else? I would give Scooter good odds in – I would give a Scooter good odds in most races. Uh, I mean, do we have a Shelly or an Ann that listens? Do we have a Safan? Do we have a Faith? Do we have a Fred? Who else do we need? Sean A, if you're out there, mm, email Yeah, him. yeah. If you're, you know, yeah, if you got one, a Jakob. We've got to have some Jacobs. Yeah, that would cover a lot. Because yeah. you get you get uh you get uh Kip Limo and you'd get Whiteman too, Jake, I guess. Uh Joshua's. We got some Josh's out there. Um all right. Yeah, we'll we, keep got a, going. we got we had a we had a couple Jakes in the history here. We had a Jacob. We need um, a Marshall because he wrote in. That's true. So we have we have a marshal. We have someone doing the meat, getting everything prepped, making sure it's good. <laughs> We're having a big uh, beard. All right. Uh, here he is. This is Marshall from St. Louis, formerly of Iowa. Drink. Uh, the golf world has been set ablaze by the live golf backed by the Saudis. I'm surprised some track and field athletes or agents have not tried pitching the Saudis for an investment in track and field. Two, why was Knighton in lane eight in Lausanne? I don't know other than he probably just – you know, you want the outside as opposed to the inside. Yeah. Smoother curve. I don't – I'm not sure. Lyles, I'm assuming, got first pick, and then they went from there. Three, given the number of championships this summer, I've noticed during 4 by 4 exchanges, the athletes about to receive the baton never move down into lane one as their runners approaching and other teams have left, i.e. the third-place team is standing in lane three waiting for their teammate to run out to them. And why does the runner with the baton accept this? I vividly remember losing my mind and screaming at my teammate to move down to lane one as I approached him in high school because I had no desire to run the extra distance. Doesn't the athlete know that if they start in lane one, they don't have to run as far? I think they have to stay put. I think you they set them based on where they are with 200 to go Oh, in, in international competition, You and you, you have to stay put is my understanding. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, Four-by-one handoffs. Another thing I noticed with handoffs in the blind four-by-one was that you often had the person trying to set the baton directly in the person's hand. Maybe I'm wrong, but I was taught to place the baton along the forearm and slide it down into their palm. Well, hmm. that's, a high, that's a way too high degree of difficulty. Uh, I always thought this was much easier than trying to hit a moving target of a hand. It's actually that kind of, I mean, yeah, hand, like I said, hands moving around. I just hear it's, sliding, and it just seems difficult. It's true, for, but I feel like you're, you know, if you can get the, 
get get the forearm, at least then the runner knows where it's at, right? Sure. And so they that I don't know, maybe there's something to that. I've never heard that before, but it makes some sense in my head. Joe, formerly of 75 minutes north of New York City, now 90 minutes north of New York City. Drink. I don't know why it took so long to write this, but here we go. I'm not sure if you remember, but a few months before Worlds, I sent an email asking which of Team USA's buys would result in all four USA members in the final. We had 14 opportunities, and we only had three. Men's 100, men's shot, women's 400 hurdles. Another thing I haven't heard many folks talking about is which events are still eligible for a five-year global championship sweep. I remember we had that discussion before, didn't we? On the men's side, we have seven athletes still eligible. The 800, 3K steeple, 4x4, high jump, pole vault, triple, and shot. On the women's side, we have nine events still eligible. Four, eight, 15, four hurdles, 4x4, pole vault, long jump, triple jump, heptathlon. With Miller-Webo leaving the 400 and the rumors surrounding McLaughlin changing events, which events do you think have the best chance of making it the next three years? Finally, I am and always will be Team State. My question is, if you argue uh, it is State because there's only one, how come you both call it Worlds? Curiouser and curiouser. Anyway, hope all is well. Till next time. Uh, the reason it's worlds is well. Do you believe we're alone, Joe? <laughs> yeah. No. This the, the the states and worlds argument. It's it's a hard. It's a, there's really no no real logic behind it. It's just kind of the way it is. It's um, just it's just state and it's. I, we had an explanation for this before. I don't remember what it was. Yeah. I we mean, I know he's a states point. guy, which I hey, I respect it. I'm not. I don't think people are crazy who are states, but I'm a state guy. <laughs> Don't think I'm crazy, but um, okay. So this probably could be its own pod about who can go five for five. At first blush, you'd think Mondo on the men's side. Yep. I'm not going to count the four by four. I'm not counting relays. And then on the women's side, I'd say Kipiegon because I do think Sydney will opt out of the 400 hurdles at some point in the next three years. Yeah. That's yeah, I think that's I think you're right. I think that's that's likely. Um yeah, Mondo's obviously a great great pull cuz it's hard to hard to bet against. Um Yeah, I, I mean he's not going to go to another event. What's he going to do? <laughs> what's he, what's he going to do? Are you doubting him? Um go to another event? Yeah, yeah no, I'm just I am doubting him 100%. Uh yeah, man, who else is eligible? Well, I just read them. Yeah. You just sent them. What do you I'm mean? I'm just thinking. So, okay. So, we go through it. Uh, Men's at 800. No. No. Three, uh, uh, steeple. steeple. Possible, I guess. Four by four. We're not counting. High jump, pole vault, triple, and shot. I mean, Krauser, maybe. Yeah. But he just I mean, just lost to Kovacs. He's beatable, obviously. Uh, Barshim. I just, I, it, it, it's Mondo. Mondo. Oh, and Mo, I think. Yeah. Well, I'm talking about the men. No, I know, but I'm just looking at this next thing. I'm like, yeah. You said you said Kipyagon, but we didn't mention a thing Mo, did we? Yeah, I, well, I think Kipyagon has a better chance than Mo. Yes, I think so. Rojas, those would be my three, my four. It'd be Mo, Kipyagon, Rojas, Mondo would be my four that I think. Would you give those four a all a better than fifty percent chance? No. Wait, who would you give a better than 50% chance? Mondo. Mondo, for sure. I just, I don't see, unless he's hurt, any way that he loses. Yeah, that's, it's a big ask, because, yeah, you still got, <laughs> still three to go. Um, you know, I think Mo's incredible, but there's, you know, Keeley's right there. 
she's could she get her one of the next three times? Well, Mora too. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Rojas is twenty six. Rojas would be close to a fifty percent chance for me. Mm-hmm. I think she'd be maybe the next highest one. Mm-hmm. And then a manual career. No. Um. I yeah. I think I think you're right. I think those, <laughs> it would be hilarious if, if it ends up being Car- a career. Just career. does it. He just he does just nothing during the regular season and just keeps winning golds. Just it would be amazing if that's the case. All right, last one. Ready? Yeah. And then you got to go to your fantasy draft here. This is from Charles, California. Yeah. Thanks to the listener who brought up Malcolm Gladwell's proposal to expand cross-country scoring to 20 runners rather than five. Hearing responses, I'm finding that folks agreed with more runners participating in scoring but found fault in the logistics of putting 20 athletes on the line. As a high school cross-country coach of 130-strong San Francisco Bay Area team <laughs> – that's a big team. Wow. I also saw a great wow. value in having more than 15 boys and girls score in our league meets. The coaching staff brainstormed a bit and came up with this variation that I wanted to bounce off you. At the conclusion of a league meet, all girls on each team from the fastest varsity kid to the slowest freshman will have their times averaged. We run three races per gender, but all run the same course and distance boys too. Then all schools average uh, – all schools' average is shown in order for the additional score. Traditional five deep scoring is not changed. By using an average, team size is not a factor. Our league teams don't cut, so all have a similar spread from our fastest slow runners. I'm pitching the 14 coaches in the league. That's a big, he has a big team and a big league. 14 <laughs> coaches in the league that we try this out this season and maybe add cumulative points for a season total and awards next year. Your thoughts. That is Charles. Uh, thanks for writing in. Yeah. Thanks everybody who wrote in, by the way. Yeah, if you want to do this in addition to what – you're already doing that's kind of where the i'm at traditional scoring sure go for it um i mean there it's sad to say but there all would be like some incentive if people are really competitive about it to be like hey person who just started running with the team and runs 35 minutes in a 5k yeah we're gonna sit you out for this one you sure you want to go like that would that would be unfortunate and would be against the spirit of of cross country but yeah it would be a fun thing to add another way to look at it it's just you're t- and, and, and i understand now why why people the people who like this idea why they do that because there's 120 kids on his team yeah uh, or 130 kids on his team sorry to the, to the 10 i just cut you're, you're back on the team <laughs> you're back on the team but i mean i i i coached when i coached like we had to work our ass off just to get to 30 kids on our team i was super proud when we got to 30 like yeah. my first there my, my first year there i think we had we had fewer than 10 boys and just maybe a couple girls. So it's not going to work in every situation. But if you're in a league, which is as big as the SEC apparently, um, and you have that many kids on your team and, and you think it's going to be a way to motivate them and a fun way to kind of measure the strength of teams relative to one another, sure, go for it. I don't know why anybody would be against it. It's, you know, Buy one more trophy and, and, and call it good. Uh, yeah. Why not? Why not? As long as you're keeping the other scoring system in place. Yeah, that's 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 where I'm at. I think it's. I don't want it to replace the current system, but yeah. In addition, and then you have <clears throat> come up with some cool random name for the the award, and you know it's an award for all 130 kids. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. I like that. That is such a big team. That is that is massive. That is that is. A, wow. How do you know all their names? Oh, that's a good call. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's a that's that's a lot. 
Okay. Well, thanks everybody for the emails. I thought it was great. A lot of different topics here. Again, don't have anything against ultra marathon. I just want to clarify that. For the record, um, gmail.com is the email address. Uh, Diamond League in Brussels on Friday. We'll be back to recap that next week. We'll also preview the Diamond League final in Zurich. And then we are off to the fall marathon season. We got Kipchoge in Berlin at the end of September, which I am going to get up for to do a live watch along on FlowTrack because it's on our site. So I will be live on YouTube at two in the morning central time at the end of September. So set your calendars for that folks. Join me. All right, it's going to be great. Sounds great. Yeah. You know, midnight for you, Jason. So I expect you to be there for at least the first five Perfect. Yeah, I'll do that right. I will be wearing a, a long sleeping cap, but I will uh, be ready to go. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Jessica Ennis. Go to FanHubTF and read my thing. <laughs>